Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Megan Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. And this is True Horrors. Welcome back, everyone. We are on episode two, season two, and this week we watch... Um, The Exorcist, the director's cut. It was my pick. It was definitely one that I wanted to do in season one, but I also wanted to hold back some that I felt like were like powerhouses. And I Mm -hmm. feel like The Exorcist is a powerhouse. I don't think I can really, we can really get into The Exorcist until we talk about the fact that when we watched it together in college, it was the first time I'd seen it not on TV. And it is a totally different movie, not on television. <laughs> like it is a totally different. There were scenes that I didn't even know existed. And I just remember being like, what are we watching? Yeah. Because like the amount of things that they just completely cut, because there's just no way to censor it on television. Mm-hmm. That that really, that really took me by surprise. But the first time I watched it, not on TV, was with you in college. Yep. That was the first time I had ever seen it, period. Um, and this was only the second time I'd watched it. So, and I think that's part of it too, because I think it was definitely something I was like, we should watch this. And then the scene with her and the cross happened. Yeah. And I really wanted to be like, oh, wow. Like I didn't warn for that at all. Cause I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I knew it was like, going to happen. I'm like, I'm reliving this conversation yep. now where I was worried you would be upset. And you were like, I knew that was going to happen. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know that was going to happen. Since we're on the subject of that scene. Can we talk about how completely unnecessary it is? Like every single thing that happens in that scene is so unnecessary. And the thing is, I already, I saw a version of this movie where that scene didn't even exist. And at no point was I like, we're missing something or was I less horrified? Like I understood exactly the horror of what was happening without it being that. Like graphic, that graphic, that sexually graphic, that just like, what in the name of God? Like there were so many different things that could have happened. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. Like it's so weird. And it's also so weird. I'm not trying to jump ahead to the second half of the podcast, but there is nothing even a little bit similar in the story it's based on. Like it was completely fabricated. And I'm like, "Mm, I have thoughts. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the Hayes Code ended a little bit before this movie came out. Like, I don't have the exact years of when the Hayes Code was in, in effect. And we talked about the Hayes Code, um, actually, in episode two of season one. But just oh. a quick uh, reminder, it was a series of rules for what was allowed to be in a movie that was produced um, in Hollywood. And I don't think indie movies existed before that. So... Any movie that was made had to pass the Hayes Code. And it had really strict rules about, like, what types of relationships, like, romantic relationships you were allowed to have and, like, what things children were allowed to do on screen. So, like, once that got lifted, you know, you know what 70s movies are like. That's what happened instead. And I'm not, like, pro the Hayes Code, but, like... I'm also not pro asking children to act out sexual assault. So, you know. Well, and the thing is, is 
the Hayes code was bullshit for a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. but like then being like, well, now that I can do anything I'm going to, it's yes. like, you never stop to think if you should, <laughs> like, if it's like, let's just like, no, because there are a lot of movies from the seventies that are remade. And I would watch the remade ones before I'd watch because mm -hmm. like, they are telling you the same story and they're pulling out some of those more graphic bits. And you know how I feel about graphic horror, You're right? Like, I just like, that didn't scare me. It right. shocked me, but I think being scared and being like uneased are very different than yes. being shocked. And yes. like, like that doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't like keep me up at night the way like one of our first season picks the conjuring, the mm -hmm. way stuff in that kept me up at night because it was yeah. just like, maybe it's everywhere. Maybe it's right. all around me. Like, and taking out that one scene, like they do on real TV, like this is such a good movie. It's such a good movie. I love it so much. What I love about it is um, like, okay, it is long as hell. Director's cut or no mm -hmm. director's cut. This movie's long as hell. And I love that it on, they, they don't, until the one hour and nine minute mark, no one uses the word exorcist or exorcism. Mm -hmm. Like it's also has that realism that I do like in old movies where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, if this happened, this is kind of how it would go. Like this is kind of the way that people would go. I also like, I had such a weird memory of this movie and you know, like I remember stuff really mm -hmm. well. And I realized it's not because I don't remember it well. It's because that's the way it's shot that mm -hmm. it cuts from it cuts from time and doesn't really explain it to you and there are a lot of things that happen like you go from her being a normal child with a shaky bed to being in a hospital yes. being checked out and they never give you the in-between and so like it wasn't that I was missing those scenes it's that like I'm not saying it's like a great way but I'm also not saying it's a bad way it's a very interesting way to tell the story because it's like hopping through time and it's like, you get the details, but some of it is like, you almost in your head have to invent it, which isn't hard to do because we do get to see a lot of this child behaving in demonic ways, which I mean, hats off, like just absolute, the acting in that. Like, I was just like, I mean, she was really carrying this movie. Yes. Like she believed. I think this is a very, this is a very rare instance where you and I disagree. I have got a lot of shit to talk about this movie because I mean, and it could just very much have to do with the fact that you saw it first on television. Whereas I have only seen it this way. I'm like, fuck this movie. Like, fuck that scene. Like, fuck everyone involved. I don't know. Maybe I'm just real mad about the crucifix scene. <laughs> and I'm like overgeneralizing it. But like, specifically what you're talking about, like all those cuts, it makes it a lot harder to follow. Like there are all kinds of like important things that happen off screen. And instead of getting those important things that actually move the story along or develop the characters, we get the random scene where the director accuses the servant of being a Nazi. What I actually will get to it at some point, but I have a whole list of things that they spent too much time on and things that I think they should have done instead, but we can get to that. Like, I just, I don't know. 
I sort of wondered if they did that so we wouldn't care when he got thrown out of a window. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I, I, I sort so of thought they like were, him? Yeah, I sort of thought they were trying to make him somehow unlikable. I also wondered if maybe it was a time thing. Like, I don't know if when the book was written, because I don't know anything about the book beyond what I'm going to tell. And so I don't know if it was something that like, that was a prejudice they were trying to like also take a moment to have a very special moment about <laughs> and like or if I just it was just so I wouldn't care when he got thrown out of a window because I didn't care and they wanted us to move past it. I would say that like maybe I'd find it more confusing in the theater, but having seen all the possession movies I've seen, mm-hmm. I I really don't need to spend 45 minutes figuring out this person's possessed, like watching her do little things, watching her like keep saying her bed shaking or having tantrums. Like I was like, those are the kind of things that have me saying like not enough birds, Yeah, like where I'm like, can we just move ahead to, I also like the feeling of, um, I always liked a a feeling of a movie or a show that feels like it's a independent ride that we are jumping onto as opposed to all the story and action is just like, it started like nothing was happening before we showed up. (laughs) And now that we're watching and then like, I like that idea a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I just think it's, it's more unique than being like, and now you're seeing her do this and now you're seeing her do this. And now she's doing this, which I feel like a lot of possession movies are like that mm-hmm. where it's very formulaically just taking you to the moment. Um, but there were a lot of like, yeah. And I, I I'm not trying to, de- there's no way to defend that scene. There's no right. way to defend the crucifix scene, but for me, yeah, maybe it is because I saw the movie before without it that like, I was just like, wow, that's weird. Like that's a, that was a really weird choice, but the rest of the movie, I think, well, we dove right in pretty quickly. Also, I just want to jump back for a second. And I want to say, I think even if the director hadn't accused the, the servant of being a Nazi, I still wouldn't have cared when he got pushed out a window because we didn't know him. He was in one other scene. We sort of knew him as the mother's potential love interest. Yeah. Like that was mentioned. And then, like, again, we saw him in one scene. Like, he was not a character I had, like, grown fond of. He was um, he was a red shirt, basically. I sort of wonder if they did it for the opposite reason. Like, they wanted to give him some screen time so that we would know when he was thrown out the window who he was. So we'd at least know who he was. But then they were like, but we don't want it to make it something that will make us, like, sympathize with him like like it is it's a very weird choice that doesn't get cleared up by the director's cut Mm -hmm. um because we see him on the set when she's in that movie that if you gave me a hundred dollars i couldn't tell you what that movie's supposed to be about (laughs) they want to tear down the building and the other people don't want the building torn down Okay, and that's, that's fine. But then when you're doing the actual scene, there are protesters who are like college age who are clearly who have signs saying like that they're anti-war. Yes. And I'm like, are you in the wrong place? <laughs> like, that's my thing is that the, what they tell her the movie is about and then what she is yelling at all of those young people, it more seems like they're protesting like the school like those are two different movies they're talking about like Mm -hmm. it seems like those kids are protesting like the administration and she's like but let the children learn and they're like no because like the the administration supports the military like it was just I have some questions there like but we see him there and then the little girl is like if you like him that's cool and then he accuses that one guy of being a Nazi and then he's thrown out a window so like 
But I will say my, an issue I have with the movie is the beginning. Like, because I'm always like, what is happening here? It's like a, um, it's like an indie movie that like a a French movie where it has no, like, you know, it's just like, this is life. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like I've never been to the middle East, but are there just statues of demons? Cause that's what that is. Right. Is the statue of a demon just hanging out? I guess that's the thing that like really is confusing for me because like they never explain what, I mean, obviously it's the demon, but like, are we just supposed to assume that when we're watching the scene because it takes place in Iraq? Like, it, and it's like never, like, that's another, like, just kind of an overall pattern in this movie is things are brought up and then it's not really resolved in like a very clear way. I feel like you as the audience have to do a lot of the legwork of this movie. It's not inherently a bad thing, but like just combined with some of the other choices, I find this movie kind of insufferable. Well, I like the, I, I think the beginning part drags on, but mm-hmm. then I think it, I think you're rewarded with it because then he gets brought up and then he, you know who he is. Cause you know how I feel about when they just drop yeah. someone in and are like, well, you know who we need, Mr. So-and-so. And I'm like, it's, it's like what an hour into this movie and you're just bringing this up. And I, as an audience member, I'm supposed to give a damn that like this person, whereas like, I'm like, oh, the dude from the beginning yeah. and then you see the statue again. And I like, I feel like I like that too, which that's just, I think a, a difference in how things we like, because mm-hmm. I like things a lot of times that as long as I feel like there is something that it comes to, I like that quite a bit. And I also like the idea, like I said, of characters and movies that create worlds that exist without me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like we were learning a lot about him where I was like, oh, this is a whole nother thing, which I know they do end up making like, they do end up making a movie about him. I've never seen that either, but it's the idea that that, like he performed exorcisms before. And so he's done it before. And so it's like, we're seeing the end of his journey. It's the start for us. And I, I liked that quite a bit. I just like, I think also me seeing this later in life and not seeing that scene with it. I love possession movies. I love ghost movies, but a lot of possession movies, they don't give their audience a lot of credit. They like are working with A, B, C, and D and they go, Hey, we're going to establish this person is just like a nice, normal person with like, look how good they are to their family. And look, they're helping that cat cross the street. B, like something sinister has happened. C, they start acting a little weird. D, like, oh, now everyone knows they're acting weird and they've gone through medical and psych. So we better get a priest. And then it's the crazy, like, priest exorcism and then either they die or and everything's back oh but maybe it's not because there's that final shot like and I'm sick of watching that movie and so I like that this is a possession movie that is like kind of fucking with you a bit like that Mm -hmm. I kind of like that that it's like I feel like those beats semi exist in this movie but everyone took this movie afterwards as like the possessioner's guide right and I find that really you know like there's movies that I watch because I want something on in the background and then there are movies that I watch and like as much as I was annoyed that no one said the word exorcist for an hour and nine minutes I was watching this movie like I've seen it before but it like 
it does pull you in that way. Like, even if like I, I, I wrote down at one point, I'm like, no horror movie starts quick enough with the horror for me, except Halloween. Yeah. Halloween is right away. Like, and now he's killed people. Yeah. This child has murdered someone, everyone else. It's like not enough birds. Mm-hmm. Like another big gripe I have with this movie is that there's healthy skepticism and then there's not yes. the 90% of this movie. And you're a skeptic, Rachel, but yep. at what point would you be like, nah, bro, it's, it's ghosts. It's a demon. When, when I hopped on the bed and it kept moving. Exactly. And we have so much time of medical and psych mm-hmm. and like doing things to that girl. When I'm like, you need a priest, like right. she's not doing that. And then the, all those doctors are like, well, maybe you just imagined it too. And like, do, 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 do. And they're all like talking like that. And I'm like, I hate every last one. You throw them out the window, Linda, throw them. You know, do you know what I'm going to say? It's the seventies. It was the seventies. <laughs> I hate the seventies. The seventies are the true, are the true villain of this movie because the amount of like, let's just call a spade a spade. The amount of men, the amount that were just like, Mm, I just think like, I just think she's getting, you know, she's hit puberty. She's hitting the blues, you know, you know, women be shopping yep. like in this movie. And I'm like, she has a demon living inside of you. And that de- her deem that demon's going to kill her and it's going to mm-hmm. kill you. Like yep. it took them so long. And like, I was just losing my mind, which is also, I think why the lack of crucifix scene, I never noticed because there was w- so much to make me think that she'd like like, I think the way it works without that scene mm-hmm. is that is like every other quick cut in this movie. Like you just, yeah. oh, well, something must have happened. Um, also, even if we're going to say the bed scene, when she went down the stairs backwards. Yeah. Why? Why are we? That was after the policeman left. I'm like, we still we still talk in medical. We still like, oh, right? she just wants attention. Like, <laughs> well, she's got it. <laughs> she has my attention. Um, but let's see. I just wrote like a whole page about how much I don't like the beginning. I've always liked windows like the ones in her room. Mm-hmm. They don't make windows like that anymore. No. The music. Uh, the music is amazing in this movie. Absolutely. That's one of the things that made it such an icon. Like... And, like, I just want to say, for as much shit as I'm going to talk about this movie the whole time, like, I understand what it did for cinema. Like, I get it. I just, like, I just don't like it very much. Like, I just think it's too much and not enough at the same time. Um, Also, I think it's important to point out, I don't really like exorcism movies. Like, I don't dislike them, but they're not the thing that I seek out. So it's, like, the classic exorcism movie. Like I'm really just not the target audience for it. Maybe it's my Catholic background. I don't know. Like, um, folks, I have picked so many possession yes, so and exorcist. <laughs> They're all that because I love ghosts and I love possession movies. And, um, I, with season two, we both, both were just like, we're just going to go with what we love, but also it's sort of the other side of the coin because if we're looking at what Rachel's picked a lot of for season two, she likes like good old fashioned slashers. Like, and I also, I'm like, Oh no, he's got like a sword, like run away. Oh no. He's like sliced off my arms, but I'm still running. And so now he's like got my head. And whereas me, I'm like, no, what scares me is ghosts. Ghosts. I'm just saying I could actually have my arms chopped off with a sword. Like, yeah, I think what we like and find crazy, it's like <laughs> you like them because they could happen. And that's why I'm like, 
No, I want, I want the crazy possession one. Like I want the crazy possession. Like, oh no. Um, let's talk about how she thinks rats are in the uh, attic and then she opens the door. But what if rats fell on you, Rachel? (laughs) I hate attics like that so much where you have to like get the stick and open it and the ladder comes down. Like also the first time she hears them, it could conceivably be rats or like a raccoon or something. The second time it's straight up banging and I have grown up in farmhouses. So, I mean, not rats, obviously rats are bigger than mice, but like I'm used to mice. I've had the occasional bird get into my house. Like I know what it sounds like when there are animals in your house or in your walls. Doesn't sound like that. You know how big a rat is? Not that big. I sort of thought it would be, might be a raccoon. Like that's sort of what I would have thought, but I wrote being 12, isn't hard enough. Like, I mean, my God. And being 12 when your dad's a dick and doesn't even call you on your birthday. That's what I was going to say. Useless. They're all like, where's her father? And I really want the mom to be like, he's fucking useless. Like, I'm going to call him right now. Like, please, you know, if that movie was made today, he would show up. Yeah. Like that's the kind of shit that I'm like, shut up modern movies Mm -hmm. um okay but every time that face flashed i know that it's really overdone now but that was like i know i hated it it's every time i was like ah i hated it most when it was on the stove because like before that it was like a shot all by itself but that one like blended into what was actually happening i was like no i love it absolutely not Okay, let's switch to talk about um, to talk about our man Damien. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what a dick his uncle is. Let's talk about his uncle being like, yes. "It's too bad you became a priest and don't have money, so now your mom has to suffer." <laughs> like I was like, "Wow, what a horrible thing to say!" And he didn't even want to be a priest. No, like it was. They were poor. It was just, it was just a lot like, and they sent him to school. Mm -hmm. Like they sent him to school. That's why he's, it's not like he was a psychiatrist, like going to Harvard on his own and then decide to become a priest. It was just, it was a real dick move also because it's like, obviously he doesn't want his mother there. Like everything. And then that he took his mother out and then she died. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Like poor Damien. And And nobody noticed her for days. It's just, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot for that man, especially for he's already having a crisis of of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you just, like, randomly invite priests to your Hollywood party in the 70s because that one, like, best friend priest, he's there. Although I did think it was nice when you get to the point where she meets Damien where you find out that priest was not telling people what happened at that party. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, he's a good guy because that's messed up what happened. And, like, it also, like... There are certain trailers that I saw so many times growing up because they were before VHS movies that I have mm-hmm. them burned. And one is for The Exorcist, where she says in her little girl voice, uh, mother, what's wrong with me? And yeah. I hated that because I was like, all these horrible things are happening. And I kind of thought she was already pushed to the back. But the fact that she knows something's very wrong with her, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that bums me out a lot. Yeah. Like, that's got to be terrible. Um I just kept writing yikes every time that face appeared. Yeah. Hate it. Also, please figure it out faster. Like, please get there faster. That is probably yeah. my, like, as much as I don't like when we're watching, like, an hour and 40-minute possession movie and it's like, we're just going to rush through. 
I was still like an hour and nine minutes before. But then again, I do try to think about it being like the granddaddy of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like they couldn't just be like, and now we're going to do exorcisms because like they'd be like, have you tried everything else? But they did try everything else for Mm -hmm. a long time. And you needed you needed a priest. Um, I I wrote that. I don't know what kind of medical test is going to explain away a bed lifting up off the ground repeatedly. Like, I don't know if, if you wanted to be like, Hey, we're trying everything, like bring in other types of scientists as well. Like in poltergeist. I'm sorry. I wrote down, first of all, that thing they did to her brain that like, it was a nightmare machine and Uh medicine, medicine Uh before 1995 was a nightmare. Uh But then I also wrote, what if they put her brain up there and it was just a scan of the devil giving them the finger? (laughs) That would have been good. The doctors are so out of their depth, but that's like another secret enemy in this movie because Mm -hmm. none of the medical professionals will admit it. They all, anything she says that it's like, okay, this is clearly like not medical. They just twist it to make her seem crazy. Her being the mother. Right. Like, and it really pisses me off. Like none of them are willing to admit that like there's, that they're out of their depth. And that really pisses me off. Like there needs to be, you need to humble yourself. Like you don't know everything. It was the 70s. If this movie was remade, I'm just saying the demon inside of her could have killed more people and I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Like there are a lot of people I was like, kill that doctor. Like, I don't even care. (laughs) Um, The doctors literally see her looking the way she is. And they're like, "Mm, maybe some like Ritalin will help. Like, I just keep, I just said my soul keeps leaving my body when I see that face. Yeah. Um, Also... The fact that they give her Ritalin is like, it's really, it's so realistic. It was like, it's 1973. We don't know anything, but we've got this brand new drug that we give to kids when we don't know how to help them. So here, have some speed, 12-year-old child. And when she's like, but she's already hyper. He's like, well, the brain, it's its quite interesting. I was it's, like, you don't know what you're talking you about. Don't. Um, I'm surprised I didn't suggest giving her a lobotomy. I mean, my God, they were just like, I don't think they did that much by the 1970s that had been phased out. I wrote, we, I wrote psych eval. We are well past that when they were like, <laughs> I think we should. I'm like, no, um, I don't know who I'm talking about here, but I think who I'm talking. Oh, now I know after the director guy's murdered and that one guy shows up and is like, Hey, did you hear? And then the women start like crying and he just leaves. I'm like, he just delivered that news that whatever that director's name was dead and was just like, peace out. Like I'll just let myself out. Um, I wrote, I, then I, I wrote a lot of stuff about what we were talking about, about how long it is and how, um, there are things that were not necessary, which I almost wonder with the added knowledge that the code had just been taken away. Like, I wonder, obviously this movie couldn't have been made with that code at all, right. but I sort of do wonder if it was almost like they went too far the other way. Yeah. Like, because like, there are things in this movie, like the movie itself. I mean, she obviously like, I will say this. I didn't mind her cursing people out. I thought that no. was really like, and her saying those things, I was like, yeah. That's funny. Like, like, I'm like, you gotta, like, that's the demons just going for it. Um, there's the whole, like, oh, like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, maybe we should do medical. This movie does take you to a point where you as the audience member are like, no, 
she's yeah. possessed and you need to do something about it. Like do something. Cause there are sometimes you see movies and it's like, they get to possession so quickly mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, but wouldn't you like in normal life, like there are certain things, but like her behavior change, that's right. medical, that's psych. Yeah. But then she projectile vomits into a guy's face. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. What, what condition do you think could cause her to vomit like a vulture? I, I will say that one thing I, I am a, I'm not like somebody who's like oh, horror movies were so much better in the past. Um, because we talked about last episode, how there are so many like, or maybe it was this episode overly violent seventies movies mm-hmm. that I, I, I'm not here for. I don't right. like that kind of gratuitous. I mean, I'm thinking it's a classic and I'll probably get pushed back, but I'm thinking, um, last house on the left, the original, like the original is so don't don't cool. Well, I won't don't like it's, um, horrific and it's also really unnecessary mm-hmm. like and I sort of wonder like it, I'm just sort of like I, I get what you're trying to say but this like 85% less and I'd still get it like right. um but one thing I do like about old school horror is um and this was the same with invasion of the body snatchers is they go out of their way to sort of make it feel very real and true to life mm-hmm. like in the sense of if these things just happen in the real world. And there are a lot of times where with horror movies, they feel very like inauthentic. Like it looks like they take place in our world, but no one uses cell phones. Yeah. If they aren't using their cell phones to solve the problem. So I'm like, just set it in the Mm eighties or use or find a way to like obstruct modern technology, but don't be like, have me be like, why is no one Googling that? Like this jumps way ahead, but you know, they, they get the old priest mm-hmm. and he walks in the door and the demon immediately screams his name, which yeah. the demon had also said his name on that backwards tape. Uh-huh. And Damien's like, you don't want to hear the symptoms. And I'm like, I literally, I'm like, the demon just screamed his name. <laughs> like Damien was still up until the point where she started floating was uh-huh. like, I don't know. I'm like, no. I know you're having a crisis of faith, Damien. I know you're going through a lot, but like you heard this man's name on a recording and then they were like, knock, knock. We know who can do your exorcism, this man. And you weren't like, oh, okay. This is all really happening. Like you, you, you clearly see the moment he gets it and it is Mm -hmm. way past when it's okay for him. Like it's well past. Like (laughs) he's like, oh, she's floating all the other stuff like that. She knew about my mother. Mm-hmm. Or that she knew who this man was when he walked through the door without physically seeing. <laughs> there's skepticism, and then there's the characters in this movie. <laughs> like, like they are just avoiding reality. Uh-huh. And I wrote, "I'm sorry, Damien. Are you still trying to say this isn't a demon? Are you still trying to say like, um, oh, I know what I wrote here, and I couldn't figure it out. I wrote that I loved." that the holy water wasn't holy water because mm-hmm. I think that that comes up a lot where people are like, Oh, well I tricked the demons so that shows this person is faking it. And I'm like, if I was a demon, I would be like, Oh, I'm still going to react to this. And then they won't believe them. And then yeah. I'm, I wrote, maybe it's just a really stupid demon or maybe that like him holding it. Maybe it just like, doesn't like water. Like who yeah. knows? Like uh, in signs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wrote that the older priest has matched Rachel's uh, neutral affect. Yeah. You could be the older priest. I could. 
Like Damien just is giving that demon so much attention. What was the one rule, Damien? I know. They. The thing is, I, I wrote down that they are just such a pair because one of them cannot stay on task and the other is so on task that he lets his partner get attacked. Like, I wouldn't be that on task. Like, there, the thing that would have broken me is I would have been like, Damien, get it together, man. Yes, like, the fact that he didn't yell at Damien. Also, it's disappointing they both die at the end because I would have loved to see them as like an exorcist buddy cop yes, duo. Yes, Like I that that's how this that. movie ends. He's just like, he keeps going and... Davey's just like, uh, uh, uh. he's like, don't talk about my mother. And he's like, just looks at him with this withering stare. Like I said, don't talk to the goddamn demon. Like Mm -hmm. it's a liar. It mixes truth with lies. Like I could not have been clearer. It's just going out of its way to upset you, to break your focus. No, like that's crazy. He is just the worst, but I wrote it clock Damien and Morin just keeps going. (laughs) Um, I still think it's crazy that at no point Damien was like, yeah, it said your name backwards on a tape. Like mm-hmm. at no point was he like, I also really respect the guy who was listening to it and was like, yeah, I recognize that it's backwards English. How do you know that? What have you been doing in your downtime? <laughs> yes. I, I will say that when we get to this end where they're exercising, it does make me wish that like the first half of this movie had not existed so we could get more of them exercising. Like mm-hmm. I get that they were trying to set it up, mm-hmm. but like I love them together and I think they're really funny. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if I was supposed to think they're as funny as I think they are or if I was supposed to be more afraid, but I just enjoyed it at that point. Like yeah. I was just like, but I think like cut like 30 minutes out of the beginning, make mm-hmm. things a little tighter and then add 30 minutes of them like trying to figure this out. Also, I can't believe he left Damien alone with the demon when he's so shook. I was sure he was going to like, you know, just start having a conversation with this asshole right. when he comes back after uh, Marin died and the demon is just sitting there the way the demon <laughs> is sitting there. Just like, huh guess that's over like it's such a little kid way of sitting that I was like um even though I've seen this movie I always forget how it ends like I remember that the priests die but I also think at times that it's only the older one right like I know he dies but then I always forget that like he basically kills himself to get rid of the demon Mm -hmm. um Damien and then that cop is like what in the fuck, how am I going to write this up? Like, that's <laughs> like, what? you know what? This is just out of my area. You know what? Let's just go to a movie. Um, but also going back to Damien uh, killing himself to destroy the demon. What made him think that was going to work? It's a demon. Wouldn't it just go to another person? If it, it, it would need to enter another person. Yes. It doesn't get rid of the demon, but like, I mean, we don't really get into it, but if she died while they were performing this exorcism, I think like the demon wouldn't have just jumped to one of them because it had to be invited in. And mm. she were sort of believed invited it in when it th- he, she thought it was her weird Ouija board friend. Mr. Howdy. Yes. So that that's sort of that at some point, I think that's kind of like, again, it's off screen, right. but we're led to believe that like, that's how it infected her. 
so I don't think it killed the demon, but I think it like made it go back to hell basically because it didn't have a okay. living host anymore. Okay. Um, You're the demon expert. I am. Um, but I really like how there's that point where the priest is like, I think I'll take these same stairs two people have been murdered on. And then he's like, <laughs> nah, like I think I'll, I think I'll go the other way. I was like, yeah, maybe go the fucking other way. Um, I also like that she doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. but she remembers at yeah. least enough yeah. to to recognize what was done for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel bad for best friend priest. Yeah. He's sad, but then he gets to make a cop friend. Yeah. Also, I don't get movie. the joke. I don't, I don't get either. that joke. I don't either. I don't know if it's like we're too young or also I kept being like, are these real movies that exist? Or are they making up movies? Like- no, it's a bit, but they both do the same bit, which is what I don't get. Cause it's like, he offers them free tickets to something. And rather than being like, oh, that's interesting. They're like, who's in it? So he makes up people who are in it to be like, it's them. And then they're, they like tit for tat or like, oh, I've already seen it. But I'm like, but they do the same bit. Like, is that a priest thing? You're the Catholic. I am not. You're the lapsed Catholic. No, I'm not. My parents are the lapsed Catholics. Mm. Um, I know demons, but I don't know, like, I don't know Catholicism. I also wondered if all the, um, like, again, the priests were just like hanging out at this Hollywood party. Is that allowed? No, they're not supposed to drink or smoke. It was the 70s. It was the 70s. And also, that's a fairly recent rule. Like, if you go back in, like, papal history, like, the reason that they uh, take the vow of celibacy is because there were too many illegitimate priest ba- or pope babies being born. You see, you get offended when I ask you if you know this priest joke, but then you start quoting <laughs> papal law. So you're, you're inconsistent. That's just a history thing that I know. I didn't learn it in mass. Like, okay. Do you I have an cracks.com? Do you have any more thoughts on this movie besides no. the one you've said? No. Um, okay. I feel like we'd both survive this movie. We're not yeah. children. We're not priests. We're not weird. Like, uh, directors that verbally abuse, um, butlers. So <laughs> like we'd be fine. I feel like also we would yeah. recognize so early that this was possession hmm it's like like that's possession. that's not normal yeah but yeah if they remade this movie obviously some of the graphic bits but yeah. i think the other thing is the demon should kill more people and most of them should be those doctors yes absolutely and the intro scene would not take that long no or it would make more sense yeah like something if what they wanted to do was establish him which i argue possession movies need to do mm-hmm. like if you're going to bring someone in to perform the exorcism it's the conjuring basically i right. need to care about them like yeah. not be like ah oh, now this magical person's gonna float <laughs> down just for this purpose like i like when the people are like i actually know someone i'm like from where like you know a friend of a friend you can call to do this like are we getting any more background no because it's just nope. a plot device okay let's do this bear yeah the exorcist the real story I'm going to call him the boy or I'm going to call him Roland because um, they do hide his name and, but he's got a couple of different fake names that all start with an R, which do make me think the real boy's name must've started with an R. Um, But 
I'm going to tell you my sources. They're all going to be under, obviously, on our website, but I'm going to tell you where they came from because there's actually an interesting pattern. So I was on um, all this, all things interesting, but I have an article from the Washington Post, an article from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and SLU, the SLU website, so St. Louis University. And the reason it's interesting is because um, – the majority of those sources come into play as direct sources to what happens. What? They're, they're characters in the story, not just sources. I love that. So Roland was a 13-year-old boy who lived outside of D.C. with his parents and his grandmother. And he was very, very close with his aunt. And his aunt was very into the occult and taught him how to use a Ouija board. And when she died, he was crushed and he started using the board to try to get in contact with her. Yeah. We just, we, we're both aunts. Don't, don't, don't teach nieces and nephews to use Ouija boards. No, no. Or at least like, and and especially just be like, Hey, I know we don't want to talk about this, but when I'm gone, just like, don't don't try to contact me because you're going to contact something else. Yep. So in January, 1949, so that's where we are. We're in like, we're right at the end of the forties. That's when he started acting different. Um, he was saying he was hearing things that other people weren't scratching. There was water dripping. There were scratches appearing on him and, um, his bed was moving, um, which, so it was a classic bed moving. And they talk about the fact that there would be like water appearing, Like it was like there were leaks. So it'd be like the water was like coming from the walls. And so very much true to the movie, his family took him to see, seek medical help before Mm -hmm. they did anything else. Um, So when he would go into these, to use the term they use fits where he would Mm -hmm. be grunting and cursing um, his blood pressure and his pulse did not move. So he didn't, it didn't, his blood pressure wouldn't go up. He'd be screaming and freaking out and his pulse wouldn't change, which is where the doctors were like, I don't know what that is. Like the doctors were straight up like, we've never seen that before. So they were Lutheran. So they called their minister and their minister spent one night with him and then said, you need a priest. (laughs) And... I don't know what the Christian hierarchy is, but the fact that this Lutheran minister was like, get a Jesuit is so funny to me. Like, I mean, Lutheran goes pretty far back to the split. I'm pretty, I mean, just based on the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they don't do exorcisms. Um, and I do want to mention, they took him to Georgetown University Hospital. Like they took him to a really good hospital mm-hmm. for the time. Like they were on it. So they call Father Hughes and this is, we're still on the East Coast. So they call him and they're like, And he gets permission to perform an exorcism. And uh, this is in like late February. And at one point, the boy breaks off a spring of his mattress and slashes the priest with it in the shoulders. Okay, so like are 40s mattresses just like really weak? Or did he have a really old mattress? Or I don't know. They said he like reached down and like broke it off and then just... Mattress springs are so big. Like, there's a lot going on there. I do have to say that early on, when he was in the medical hospital, they were like, oh, he's probably doing it for attention. And then as things get like with the pulse and all that, I'm like, there are certain things you can't. Also, even if you're a child doing something for attention, at a certain point, this becomes so 
so much negative, like so physical yeah. that you'd have to be like, oh yeah, I'm cured, whatever. Like, um, which also is like weird. So just like help me appeared for her scratches started appearing on him that said things. And one of them said Lewis, um, which the family was originally from St. Louis. And that's where the aunt was from. And so the mother got in her head, like, that's where we need to take my son that will, which I would argue, I would wonder if like the demon wanted that, but that's, you know, whatever. That would be my argument as well. So this is where slew comes in. And the reason I keep saying slew, I mean, that is how people call it, but also, um, I keep almost saying when I'm doing this Seattle university, which is not true. It's just what my tongue's used to saying. So it's St. Louis. Um, so they take him there and they have a cousin who goes there. And so that cousin is like, I'm going to contact everyone. Cause it's a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And to basically be like, knock, knock, Hey, we've got a problem here. So he goes to Raymond Bishop, who's a teacher. And that teacher not, brings not a bishop. His last name is Bishop. Yes. He is not a bishop. No, Raymond okay. Bishop, who's okay. a Jesuit teacher. Not not Bishop Raymond. No. Okay, cool. Which is why I thought that was weird. <laughs> there was a lot of things like that where I was like, is that why you became like into the Catholic Church? You were just like, well, the name says it all. And he brought a lot of other faculty to meet Roland and to consult. Mm-hmm. And that included the president of the university and the bed was shaking. He was reacting really violently to holy water and to sacred objects and screaming and just like a lot of the natural, like the stuff we think of as exorcist stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is when they called William Borden, uh, Bordern. And I'm just going to continue to refer to him as the old priest, because even though in real life he was only in his 50s, he is the old priest in the movie. So he was a World War II veteran and he had experience in this area, which like they don't really go into, but there's a lot of stuff like that. And so they called him and he was like, I don't really think I'm a man for the job. And they're like, we're not requesting like (laughs) that's not how the Catholic Church rolls. And he viewed and visited shattering and flying objects in Roland's room. And so he got, there is a whole host of priests, but the two Mm -hmm. main ones are the old priest and the young priest. It's this guy. And then he called um, a young priest um, whose name I have written down in many places. And I don't know if it's Holoran or Haloran, but I'm just going to call him the young priest. And he was young and he was on the football team. And it's part of why, he was asked to participate because he had the physical strength. Mm -hmm. So at this point they are living in um, a house on Roanoke drive. And this is March of 49 in the St. Louis area. And you've got all the normal kind of exorcist things go possession, things going on, shaking, talking in different voices. There are a couple that I want to point out because they were really interesting. He told one of the priests, not the old priest, the young priest, but another, he looked him dead in the eye and told him he would be dead in 10 years. And the priest had a really bad drinking problem and it made him stop drinking for a really long time (laughs) because he was so freaked out. (laughs) At one point they decided maybe he could use some fresh air. So they took him on a little day trip and he tried to jump from the bluffs and the young priest had to tackle him to keep him from jumping from the bluffs. Um, And then not in that instance, but in another instance, 
he um, broke the young priest's nose, like punched him right in the face. Cool. Um, so a lot of stuff like that was happening. Um, there'd be times where he would like lean, uh, a, a chair would lean back and like when no one was in it, hate it. and just stuff, stuff like that, that it's like, I hate this. I hate everything about it. Mm-hmm. And the two priests, the two main priests kept diaries. So keep that in mind. Great. So an X appeared on his chest one day, which they took to be a 10 and say how many demons were in him, which I don't know how you get to that, okay. but that's what they said. Um, so this is going on for a month. And then March 20th, he is having this screaming fit. He urinates in his bed and he's cursing and his parents are like, we have to take him back to the hospital. So they take him um, to a Catholic hospital and um, Alexandrian brother hospital in St. Louis. And they're kind of thinking at this point, he's just going to have to stay here. Like he's just going to have to stay here because we can't help him. Well, then on April 18th, the miracle happens. So it's the Monday after Easter and he has a really bad fit and says that basically the devil will always be in him, that there is no way to, that the demons are never going to leave him. And so at 1045 that night, the on-call priest, which I have questions, but it's fine. It's for last rites. For last rites. Yeah. Okay. Comes into his room to try one last time. And so he blesses him and does things over him and basically calls upon St. Michael to beg St. Michael to save this boy's soul. And then uh, when he wakes up, finally, um, he says, they're all gone. And he says he saw something. And what he thinks he saw was the St. Michael fighting for his soul. And at that point, he's cured. Wow. Um, So let's talk about why we know this story. Because no one in that room, none of the priests involved had any intention of ever talking about it. Because they felt like whatever had happened to this boy, it was already too much. But someone, I guess, didn't feel that way. So they dropped a line to the Washington Post. Great. And so one day the Washington Post, so like my source is that article. The original article comes out and its title is Priest Freeze Mount Rainier Boy Reported Held in Devil's Grip. And it was front page. Great. It thankfully doesn't say his name, but it comes out. So- the young priest, he is the last one to die. He dies in 05. And to the day when people ask him, he's always like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I'm not an expert in that area. And I think that's so funny that like he admits he was there. But when they're like, so was it real? He's like, I mean, who's to say, which I think is hilarious. Um, and this Washington Post article is very important because a young Georgetown student would read that article and he would go on to write The Exorcist based on it. Oh. So that's, it's literally the story. Um, he did talk to the old priest who was not thrilled at all that he was writing this book. And so out of respect, he changed the character to a 12-year-old girl. Okay. Okay. For the boy's privacy. To the end of his days, um, Borden would not talk about it. But he did say at one point when like um, he was talking to this author, author, he was just like, it happened. Like whatever you want to interpret about it. It happened the way they say it happened. So whatever you want to believe, which I always like, because it's just like, I'm not going to argue with you. I was there. I saw what I saw, whatever you want to think. Like, that's kind of how I would feel if I was in their position. Yeah. So what we know about him is that he grew up, had a family, 
um, was perfectly healthy and named his first son, Michael, after the saint he believed saved him. So he believed it. So that's the other thing of like the idea that he was just pulling some massive prank. He believed it enough to name his child um, Michael. So some really fun facts. Um, After he left, the hospital room was boarded up and never used again. And then the hospital itself was torn down in 78. Um, the house in Maryland where this all began is just an empty lot, which you would know from the criminal minds episode where Rossi takes Emily there and is like this lot used, that was where that happened. Um, it's still just a lot. Wow. However, the Roanoke house that he was in for all of this, the one on Roanoke drive, it sold in 2005 for $165,000 or in today's money, $222,999. So someone is living in that house. Someone bought that house and was like, you know where I want to live? This house. No. Because they have to disclose that, right? Like according yes, to Missouri you know law what that house is yeah. like you know and you're choosing to live in that house I would choose to drive by that house right um but I Quickly. would I would not go inside just no and okay. I would argue again as to I've never read the book so I don't know what the big differences are between the book and the movie but I would argue there's enough material here even if you wanted to change stuff out of respect whatever the hell that means um that a lot of the stuff that you and I both hate was not necessary mm-hmm. to the story. Yeah. Again, but I don't know if we blame, um, I think his name is Blady for that, or if it's the directors um, or the writers of the actual script. Right. But that is the true story of one of the most, probably one of, if not the most well-known exorcisms to happen on American soil. Okay. Um, I, I would, I hate both of them. I'm trying to decide what I hate more. Like, which would be the one that I was like, which one's worse? But I think they're both pretty terrible. I don't know. I think that little girl's never going to be able to have children. So I wonder how much of that, because do you notice how like when they're leaving all of her, all of her things have like healed, like Mm -hmm. you can still see a little bit of it. So I wonder how much of that is permanent. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the other thing is that I sort of wonder if she doesn't remember and like the physical stuff, because she also turned her head fully around, Rachel. She'd be dead. That is true. So that sort of makes me think that sort of makes me think that none of it actually like touched her. Mm -hmm. And so she has no memory of it. So that's something. But no, like they're both they're both terrible. But I think the movie does take it to a whole new like level. Yeah. But yeah. Don't play with Ouija boards. No, never. You never talk to who you want to. Can we just also, it was a big red flag in the movie when the mother tried to put her hands on it and she, cause you can't play that game by yourself. That's the whole thing. You can't play that game by yourself. No, whatever. Um, It doesn't work if you play it by yourself. Cause you know, you're the one moving it. mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so real talk here. Um, do you remember what your movie is for next week? I looked okay. it up. Um, okay. It's Friday the 13th. The original people. The original, yeah. Which I haven't seen in a good long while. It might also be like overly graphic because it's from the 80s. But Well, I mean, again, we're not going to preview all of them, but there are a lot of movies like we're, we were really that are going to be a little bit more graphic because there are a lot of the original mm-hmm. like classic slasher movies. Um, but I have never seen the original Friday the 13th. That's also, that is one that I actively, once we got this idea, 
didn't watch. Although I once accidentally started watching the new one and was like, something seems off about this. It took me longer than I want to admit <laughs> to realize that I was watching one from the 2000s. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will um, see you guys next week for the original Friday the 13th. Goodbye. Goodbye.